0: Welcome to 52 Weeks in the Word. I'm your host, Trillia Newbell, and I am thrilled to have with me Dr. Jarvis Williams. Jarvis is an associate professor of New Testament interpretation at Southern Seminary and a preaching pastor at Sojourn Midtown in Louisville. I love the book of Galatians. When I think of the book, I think of grace. But when you think of the book, you think of spirit. So here's my question: What is the spirit and ethical transformation in Galatians?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, a couple, couple of things regarding context before I answer. I, I think, in my view, Paul wrote the letter to the Galatians in order to, to talk about his gospel, and particularly he wanted to uh, encourage these Christians in Galatia, these Gentile Christians, to keep believing in the gospel that he preached and not to turn away from his gospel to this so-called, quote-unquote, other gospel, which was no gospel at, at all. And, and Paul wrote the letter, I would I argue, in my commentary and, and also in my book, to, to warn these Galatians against apostasy. And I think one of the issues that Paul's concerned about in the letter is he's concerned that the Galatians do not have the spirit. And, and the reason why he's concerned is because they're seeking to find life by means of Torah observance, by means of the law, based on how I understand the letter and based on what these opponents were probably preaching. And for Paul, the foundation of his gospel is the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. Chapter 1, verse 1 begins the letter by talking about the resurrection, and in chapter 1, verse 4, he begins talking about the crucifixion. And by my count, he mentions the crucifixion at least 14 times in the letter. Now, it's interesting to me that he says in Galatians, one thing he says about the crucifixion is this, and this relates to your question regarding the Spirit. Galatians three thirteen, he says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. And then he quotes Deuteronomy twenty one twenty three, And then he says this in verse 14. He says... The reason why Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by dying for us was so that we would receive the blessing of Abraham, verse 14, so that we would receive the spirit by faith. So one thing that Jesus's death does for us is he gives us the transformative power of the spirit. And of course, we're justified by faith in Christ by means of his death and resurrection. But what's what seems to be central to me in chapters 3, 4, and 5, and 6 is the role of the Spirit in the Galatians' experience of the gospel. In fact, he, re- he says in chapter 3, verses 2 and following, he asks this question, did they receive supernatural experiences by the Spirit or by works of the law? So to me, it seems as though one of the things Paul wants to do in Galatians is this. He wants to tell the Galatians that in Christ Jesus, By the power of the Spirit, they have everything they need to live a life pleasing to God. And the fruit of the Spirit that he outlines in chapter 5, verses 16 and following are fruit that are cultivated by the Spirit. The law doesn't cultivate those fruit because the law doesn't enable the Galatians to to obey the law to receive the life that it promises, but by Christ's death and resurrection, and by faith in Christ, the supernatural power of the Spirit, it, he, he dwells within the Galatians by faith, makes them sons and daughters of God by faith, and manifests and cultivates in them this supernatural transformative power of the Spirit that enables them to fulfill the whole law by loving God and neighbor as themselves. Galatians 5, verse 14. So for me, I think a crucial theme, not the theme, but a crucial theme in the letter is, is the necessity of the transformative power of the spirit, which the Galatians must manifest in order to inherit the kingdom of God, because they have received eternal life by faith in Jesus Christ alone. How does that make sense?
0: It makes a lot of sense. There's something that you said at the beginning that I want to back up to, because I think if if listeners are listening closely They may have the same question I did. Okay, so you said that they're concerned, or or Paul's concerned, that the Galatians don't have the Spirit. So here's my question. Are you saying they, they are following the law, but they don't have the Spirit, or they are following the law and they aren't living by the Spirit, which is two different things. So I'm really curious.
1: Yeah, good. It's a good question. Yeah, I, I think that Paul is optimistic that these Galatians, the majority of them, they are following Jesus Christ by faith, and they therefore have the Spirit. But I think he is greatly concerned because some of them seem to have embraced circumcision as the mark of the people of God and other aspects of the law because of what the, uh, the opponents were teaching. So for those who are, in, who are in danger of turning away from Paul's gospel, and, and to those who have already made that turn, I think Paul is concerned that if they make the turn away from Christ toward Torah as the path that leads to life, Paul thinks that they are revealing that they have not experienced the transformative power of the Spirit, because if they have, they would be trusting in Christ alone because Jesus died to deliver us, Galatians 1, 4, from the present of wage, to give us the spirit, Galatians 3, verse 14, to make us sons and daughters of God, Galatians 4, verses uh, 5 and 6, so that, and, and that we have the spirit dwelling in us because of that. But if we become apostate, we're proving we don't have the spirit. So, so then I think, to answer your question, that his concern is that if, The Galatians are walking away from his gospel. They are walking away from all the spiritual blessings that they had professed to have in Christ, one of which is the transformative power of the Spirit. Now, let me just clarify here. I'm a Baptist, so I believe in eternal security, of course. I I believe that if you're saved, God will keep you. You persevere until the end. But Paul is concerned, and he's warning them don't you walk away from my gospel because if you do, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so the warning will serve to motivate those who are genuinely trusting in Jesus to walk in the spirit and to by no means fulfill the lust of the flesh.
0: So for those first century Christians, they would have or... People, I'll just say <laughs> I don't want to label them because Paul is warning hey you may not be it sounds like and so my question is the their mark would have been th- these outward war- marks and so for Galatians and for our listeners, what would Paul say the mark of a Christian would be?
1: Mm, that is a great question. I think uh, to contrast Paul with what the false teachers were saying, they were telling these Gentile Christians that a mark of the people of God was their faith in Christ, plus getting circumcised, plus keeping the Mosaic law because they were Gentiles. But Paul corrects that and he says, oh, no, 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 no. The mark of the people of God, the mark of Christ following Jews and Gentiles is faith. That's one mark. In Jesus Christ, and the transformative power of the Spirit is another mark, and then I think a third mark would be uh, suffering for the gospel. It's interesting in the letter that Paul mentions persecution at least two times, maybe more. Uh, The the one reference in chapter three, that's debated, but he clearly mentions it in the end in chapter six when he says these false teachers, they don't keep the law themselves. They're only afraid to be persecuted for the cross of Christ, And then he tells us at the end of that letter that that he bears in his bodies the marks of Jesus. So he's very clear there that a mark of following Christ for him was he suffered for the gospel. That's how, you know, his gospel was authentic. So I think Paul is reminding them and us that uh, marks of the people of God are faith in Christ, the spirit and suffering for the gospel of Jesus Christ, not external signs and symbols, not circumcision or in our context, not political party or political identity or ethnic identity, but faith in Jesus, the spirit and suffering for Christ.
0: Uh, Amen to that. Well, you know, it's interesting, even in his greeting, he's sharing the gospel. (laughs) He just can't help himself. So that is going to be my prayer. I'm just going to read a few verses, and I'm going to end on amen where he ends on amen, and it's grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever, amen. So that end, Amen. Lord, thank you for your gospel. Thank you for your grace. And I pray that we would enjoy the riches of your grace through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.